Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Jeremiah chapter 18, and we'll start reading at verse 1. Praise the Lord. I just want to say uh, this morning, if you're able to make it to the Zanesville service tonight, um, we have it one Sunday night a month. And uh, we do that so as not to overwhelm everybody, but so that we could meet together at least one time a month as a collective group of churches and worship together, hear the word of the Lord together, pray together. Uh, How many know we need to be together? I got a couple amens. We need to be together. And so if you can make it down there tonight, I urge you, You won't be disappointed. Starts at 6 p.m. Jeremiah 18, verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord say, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. (laughs) He spoke to him, to go to a place that there he would speak to him. Pretty funny, huh? Because sometimes God has to position us so that we can hear his word. Then I went down to the potter's house. He obeyed, and he went where God asked him to go. Sometimes it's just that simple. Man, I feel the Lord here this morning. Sometimes it's just a simple, simple obedience. Just doing what God has asked you to do. And it will position you for further revelation. But if you refuse, I fear you'll stay where you're at. Somebody say, get up and go and do what God has spoken. We don't just come here just to hear great stories and sing good songs. We come here to get instruction for our lives. And if we do it, if we sow it, come on, it will bring forth fruit. It will bear fruit. And behold, he wrought a work. I can't help it. I can't even make it through the scriptures. And behold, he wrought a work on the wheels and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. 
colon. It stops that part of the sentence, but now there's another part of the sentence that he wants to add to that. So he made it again, another vessel. As seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. I want to preach to you on that statement, this subject. As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Amen. I wonder if we could lay our Bibles down. We could lift our hands to the Lord right now, right where you're at. And just ask the Lord to speak to you. Come on, ask him to give you eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that are understanding of your word. God, give me a heart, Lord. God, that can receive from your word today. Lord, give me a heart, God, that hungers and thirsts for your will and for your way. God, give me a heart, Lord. God, that desires you and you alone, God. Give me a heart that's after your own heart, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you would place your hands God, upon this congregation, upon this people today, and that you would work. God, that you would not do what we would have you do, Lord, but that you would fulfill your purpose and your plan in this place, in us, in this city, in this region, God, as you have already spoken it. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Praise the Lord. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. And told him to get up and to go. Somebody say, get up and go. Told him to arise and go down to the potter's house. Get up and go. Amen. Somebody say, get up and go. I can stay there for a while. Get up and go to work. Come on. Get up and go to school. Get up and go shopping. Get up and go watch the football game. Come on, get up and go golfing. Get up and go fishing. Get up and go hunting. I only say that because I like to hunt. Amen. Get up and go. 
Amen. Our lives are filled with get up and go. Amen. We are probably the busiest society on the face of the planet. Amen. We are busied with work and busied with uh, uh, hobbies and busy with tasks and things that we like to do and enjoy to do. Our, our lives are filled with a lot of stuff. But I wonder this morning, is, is there room for us to get up and go where God would have us to go? Is there, is there room in our hearts this morning for get up and go to hear the words of the Lord? Now, I know this morning I'm preaching to people that got up and got ready and came to the house of the Lord, and I'm happy about that. But our life consists of more than just Sunday morning. Come on, our lives consist of more than just getting up and going to Sunday morning service and getting what I need for the week. No, 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 no. On Monday morning, I'm going to get up and go just like I did this morning. Come on, I'm going to get up and find my way to prayer and see what the Lord would have me do. I feel like this morning we need to make room. Come on, we need to make room. We need to throw off the business busyness of life. We need to throw off our entertainment schedule. We need to throw off our hobbies and focus on the Lord and ask the Lord if there's anything that he wants to say. Come on, if your life's filled with confusion, if your life's filled with distraction, if your life's filled with trouble, you need to find a place alone with God so that he can speak to you specifically about your life and speak his plans into existence. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. When, when, when Jeremiah got up and went, there he said, I will cause you to hear my words. Amen. I believe that there are specific places and specific moments in our life where God will try to position us so that we can hear what we have never heard before and we would see in a way that we've never seen before. Come on. God works, they say, in mysterious ways. But I believe when God has a plan and a purpose for your life that he will speak expressly. My Bible tells me that the Spirit of the Lord speaks expressly. Amen. That means that he expresses how he feels and his desires openly and without fail. Come on. That it will be be clear in your heart and in your mind what the Lord is saying. Amen. When God speaks, he brings clarity to a situation. He brings clarity to your life. He brings direction to your life. That's why the psalmist said, thy words are like a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you feel like you're walking in darkness this morning, stumbling over anything that might get in your way, you need a word from the Lord. And I come to tell you, it's time that you get up and go and get a desire to hear the word of God. Somebody say amen. When he got to the place, amen, sometimes it's that simple, just getting to the place. Amen. You know, when God wants, it's amazing to me that when God has something for you, the devil tries to stop you. And, and I don't know how that is because the devil don't know everything like God does. Amen. I think sometimes God gives him insight. Amen. And I believe 
that he can, he can know that the word of the Lord's gonna come to you, amen, and wonder if he allows him to put things in your path to see if you're gonna let obstacles stop you from getting to where God has called you to be. Come on, just to see where your heart lies. Come on, uh, you're getting ready to go to church and all of a sudden a friend shows up at the house that you haven't seen for five years. And you're like, where'd you come from? You come out of the woodwork, amen. Uh, wanting to visit and sit down, amen. And I remember my dad saying years ago and he would just tell him, hey, we're getting ready to go to church. If you wanna go to church, you can get ready and go with us and we can go out after church. But we made plans to be in the house of the Lord and I'm gonna go where God has called me to be. Somebody say amen. I don't know about you, but I need the voice of God every day of my life. I need the assembling of God's people every day of my life. And when we have a set time and a set place where we're gonna gather ourselves together, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of it. I got news for you. I'm not gonna miss it. Somebody say, I'm not gonna miss it. Sometimes it's just a, it's really that simple, just being where God wants you to be. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. When I got where God told me to go, I began to see what was transpiring in that, transpiring in that place. Because you can't see it from the house. You can't see it from your place of comfort. You can't see it from that place where you want to be. But when you get where God has called you to be, all of a sudden you begin to see what's working in that place. Come on, somebody. You got to see it for yourself. Amen. God wants to position us to see it for ourselves. It's not enough for me to tune into Facebook Live and think that I'm getting the same thing that they're getting in the house of the Lord. I got news for you. You might be hearing it come across the airwaves, but you're probably not feeling what I'm feeling right now. And you're probably not experiencing what the saints of God that are in the house are feeling because there's something to be said about being in the place that you were called to be. And the Bible says uh, and it, uh, uh, that they were gathered together in one place uh, and in one accord. Amen. They were in one place uh, and in one accord. They were in the same uh, uh, physical place. They were in the same physical place uh, and in the same state of mind and in spirit. And when they were in the same place uh, and in the same spirit, uh, there come a sound from heaven as is a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. I'm going to tell you, when we're together in the same place, the Lord is going to move. And that's where I want to be. I want to be with you, but more importantly than being with you, I want to be with you with him. Come on, because when I'm with you with him, something magic, something, something very spiritual happens when I'm with you with him. There's an atmosphere set that nothing else can do. Lift your hands and say, God, I want to be with you and with your church.
come on, I want to be with you in the place where you're moving. I want to be with you in a place where you're working. Come on, I want to be with you and watch your spirit do and hear your spirit speak. I want to be with you. Come on, in Jesus' name. The potter was working on the wheel. He wrought a work. Amen, he was doing a work on the wheel. And as he was watching the potter do a work on the wheel, he says the vessel that he made, the work that he was doing was working on a vessel. Come on. The work that he was working, he was working with his hands. And he was working on a vessel. Amen. Now, this was actually happening before Jeremiah's eyes. Amen. This wasn't a vision. This is something that was taking place naturally. This is something that was happening before him. Amen. Because the the things, the eternal things that are not seen are clearly seen by the things that are made. Come on, that we can, we can watch the things that are made and the creation that he created and we can draw conclusions about him. And it's in the things sometimes that he makes that he speaks to us about our life. Come on, it's in the circumstances sometimes that God leads us into where he can speak to us specifically about our life. God had a word that he wanted to speak to Jeremiah, but he couldn't speak to it in the speak to him in the place where he was at. He had to cause him to be in a place where he could see it happening before his eyes and then he could speak to him about what he saw. God works in things that are happening in your world. You need to start looking for God in your circumstance, looking for God in your situation. God, what do you want to speak to me about that? Because I'm not here by happenstance. I'm here because you have ordered it. Come on, somebody. Come on, it'll cause us to look at our circumstances a little bit differently when we start fretting them and worrying about them and saying, how did I end up here? And go to God and say, Lord, I have asked you to order my steps. I'm in this situation. I don't know how to get out of it, but I know you see where I'm at and I know you know what you want to say to me in this. And I come to tell you, God will speak. Come on, God will bring revelation to you through your circumstance. Can somebody say amen? Somebody say, he's working. And the vessel that he made was made of clay. He was in the potter's house. He was working a work on the wheel with his hands. And he was working with clay. Somebody say, clay. knows what he has to work with. Come on. He's working with clay. We are earthen vessels. Amen. That's why I said you have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power would not be of men, but it would be of God. Amen. 
that we wouldn't get the glory for what he does, but he would get the glory for what he does. Come on, somebody. Amen. He's working with a bunch of clay. Elbow your neighbor and say, you're clay. I mean, you might think you're all that plus chips, but what they say? You might think you're all that plus tax. You might think you're the best thing since sliced bread. That's all. I don't know. I mean, I'm not that funny. You you might think yourself more highly than you really are. Amen. But understand that when he made Adam, he made him from the dust of the earth. Come on. He began to form him out of the dirt, out of the dust. Amen. All flesh as 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 grass. It's here today and gone tomorrow. One day it's blooming and the next day it's withering and fading away. Come on. How many know that our lives in and of ourselves, uh, they, they exist of nothing. Come on. We're here today and we're gone tomorrow. Amen. The only way that we can be of value is when the potter begins to put his hands on our clay. Come on. And I tell you this morning that when the potter begins to put his hands up on our clay, he begins to work on a plan that he has envisioned in his mind for your life. I want to tell you this morning, if he's got his hands on your life, he's got something in mind. Come on. But the thing that he has in mind is not necessarily that thing that you have dreamed from your childhood. You need to throw out your dreams, your ambitions, where you want to go and what you want to do and put your hands in the hand of the potter and say put your hands on me and make me what you have called me to be amen as he began to make the clay the potter has in mind what he wants that clay to become that clay to become Amen. And as it's spinning on the wheel he's applying pressure where pressure is needed so that that part of the clay will change That'll preach. How many know that's how God works? He applies pressure to the areas of your life that need changed. And what do we do? What do you do when somebody applies pressure? You try to wiggle out from underneath it. Right? Amen, I'm going to, I'm going to. Some people wiggle out from underneath it and some people push back. They resist it. Amen. But when God's working in an area of your life, he'll apply pressure to it. If he's applying pressure to your life, that's not the devil. That's the potter. Amen. There are things in us that need to change. Come on, there are circumstances that we're going through that are a direct result of the decisions that we've made and a way that we've chosen to act or things that we've chosen to do. And there needs to come a time in our life when God begins to put the pressure that we give, come on, that we give into the hand and the voice of God and become what he is trying to make us to become. Somebody say amen. The potter applies pressure as it turns in his hand and he shapes that vessel. Unique to the picture or the vision that he has in his mind. Man, how many know he has that in mind before he starts shaping the vessel? He doesn't start shaping the vessel and say, well, I wonder how this is going to work. I wonder how this is going to work. I 
wonder how this would look. He's already designed it. He declares the ending from the beginning. He doesn't work from the beginning to the ending, stumbling his way like we do. He works from the ending to the beginning. He's declared it from the end already. He knows what it should be. He knows what it needs to become. Come on. He knows why he made it. He knows why he allowed it to exist. He knows why he gave you life. Come on. He knows why he gave you influence. It's up to us to yield to the hand of the potter so the potter can make us exactly what he has called us to be. Somebody say man. But the clay was marred in the hands of the potter. He's working a work on the on the wheel. And as he's working, the clay will not take the shape. As he's working with it. If you look it up, the the clay has to be purified. There's got to be all the impurities have to be gotten out before it's put on the wheel. But there's times where there's still impurities or there's things in there that aren't clay. And if there's things in there that aren't clay and pliable, then it will not, the vessel, no matter how delicate he is with working with it and how good he is at the work with his hands, that the impurity will keep that thing from taking the shape that the potter has in mind. Amen. And as he begins to work with it and push on that place and that impurity keeps getting in the way, all of a sudden that piece of clay will fall apart. It was marred in the hand of the potter. All of the work, all of the effort, come on, all of the time, all of the revelation. Everything that the potter had poured into, the care and the love, come on, his time and his effort and his energy to put it into that vessel to try to get it to become what he has pictured in his mind for that piece of clay, amen, that he has pictured in his mind from eternity. Come on, can I speak from God's perspective today? Because we know that he's the potter and we're the clay, amen. And the clay does not have power over the potter, but the potter has power over the clay. Can the clay say to the potter, why have you made me thus? Or why are you doing this? No, 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 no. That's not the way it works because the clay don't have a voice in this. It's either going to become what the what the potter has determined for it to become or it's going to be marred in the hands of the potter. I want to tell you this morning, I don't want to push back and resist the hand of God until what God's trying to do in my life falls apart and is marred in his hand. I don't want to become marred in the potter's hand. I want to become the vessel that he has called me to be. Somebody say amen. marred and that vessel that was beginning to take shape and was beginning to have definition let me just help you this morning because it's the potter that brings definition to your life it's the potter who defines you all right now now we try to define ourselves there's a lot of other people that try to define us Tell us who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. Somebody say amen. We try to define ourselves. We have dreams on the inside of us. Come on. That things that we want to become, things that we want to do, 
places that we want to go. Come on. How many know that we have an agenda? Come on. We have a motivation behind what we do. Come on. We, we, have, we have things that we, we want to become. We, have, we, we, we try to define ourselves. Amen. For, for years, you, you try to define yourself as one thing that you're good at or one thing that you do or one thing that people look up to you about. Amen. But understand today that that's not what defines you. What defines us is what God sees in us and what God has purpose for. Come on. And what God wants to bring forth in our lives. I'm going to tell you this morning, the reason that you're lost and you don't have any purpose is because you've never gotten alone with God and allowed him to speak in your ear and tell you that you're his child and he's called you forth and he has a purpose for your life. Somebody say amen. Amen. God began to bring definition to that thing, the potter. But all of a sudden, the clay had its own mind. The more he worked with it, the weaker it became. Instead of getting stronger, it became weaker. And as he, he couldn't work out the impurity, and it wouldn't take the shape, it was marred. Now, you look up the word marred, it means destroyed. Amen, it was destroyed in the hands of the potter. Have you ever had anything be destroyed in your life? Things that you built, things that you dreamt of, things that you chased after, things that you admired and held dear. Come on, plans that you have made, all of a sudden, it just all falls apart and it is marred in the hands of the potter and from our perspective when we're marred we think it's failure and that it's over amen failure is not final it's not over until God says it's over amen and even though people give up on us Come on, people give up on us. After we fail so many times, people give up on us. Come on, people quit trusting us. Come on, our lives are marred when we begin to do things our own way and our own plans and God's trying to work that out and if he can't work it out, all of a sudden it begins to be marred in his hands and if, if we're not going to allow him to be it, then we can't, we can't be anything, right? We're marred in the hands of the potter, amen. But the potter doesn't end there. It's not like he didn't take that lump of clay and throw it in the trash can. Come on, he didn't take the lump of clay and get rid of it because that clay is no good and because that clay won't become what I want it to be, that it's no good, amen. There are people that'll throw you away. There, there are people in this city, people in families that'll throw people away and give up on them. But I wanna tell you this morning that we're not a church that gives up on anybody. I believe that if God can resurrect Lazarus, he can raise you from the dead. I don't care if it seems like he's late. He's not late. God can still do it. Somebody say, he can still do it. Amen, he still wants to do it. 
He still wants to have his plan be fulfilled. He still wants his purposes to be fulfilled. He has not given up on his purpose just because the clay was marred, just because it fell apart in his hand, because he is the potter. He is the potter, and he is the one with the plan. And if he can bring it all, if anybody can bring it all back together, it's him, because it's his plan, it's his purpose, and it's his will. Somebody say amen. Elbow your neighbor and say, he can bring it back together. It was marred in his hand. Amen. He was working a work on the wheels. And it was marred in his hand. Come on, if you're marred this morning, don't you give up. Come on, if somebody in your life is marred, don't you give up. Come on, somebody. If somebody's life looks marred, amen, don't you walk away from them and tell them they're no no good and that they'll never be. Come on, you need to pray over that clay. You need to place that clay in the hand of the potter because the potter can make that clay what he wants it to be. No man can do it. Come on, no seven-step plan out of the mind of a man can make you what God wants you to be, but if you place it in the potter's hand, he will begin to work on it again. And I'm telling you, when God begins to work, things begin to take shape. Come on, when God begins to work, things begin to move. When God begins to work, things begin to change. When God begins to work, all of a sudden, you feel definition coming to your life and purpose coming to your life because you're not just working off of your own empty spirit. You're working off of the spirit of life, off of that eternal spirit that has an eternal plan and an eternal life for you. Come on, my life is more than just about this life here. My life is eternity. Come on, I'm going to step out of this life into that next life because God has worked it here. Somebody say amen. Lift your hands and say, Lord, put your hands on my life. Come on, put your hands on my life, Lord. You're the potter. Come on, somebody needs to tell him this morning, you're the potter. And I'm the clay. Come on, if I've resisted your will, Lord, I'm sorry. Come on, if I've refused to change, I'm sorry. Come on, repent of it. I'm walking away from it, God. I don't want to be marred, Lord. But if you've been marred, I want you to tell him this morning, uh, God, I place it in your hands. You can bring definition to something that doesn't have any definition. In Jesus' name. You're the potter. Some of us need to realize that he's God and we're not. Somebody say he's the potter. It'll become what he wants it to become. Or it won't become. Somebody say, man. Thou wilt say then unto me, why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O oh man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not yet the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make a vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? 
somebody would say, well, that's unfair that he would make a vessel unto honor and a vessel unto dishonor. How, how many know that whether we're a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor is determined by us, not by him. If the vessel that he's making the lump of clay refuses to be what he wants it to be. He works with it. He pours water on it. Come on, he makes it pliable. He's, he's patient in his working. Long-suffering in his working. Merciful in his working. But we have to understand that we got to stay pliable in his hands. Amen. And understand that he's the potter and we're the clay. He's the one who makes and I'm the one who's made. Come on. Amen. And the vessel, the lump of clay that allows his hands to do the work becomes that vessel of honor. But that clay that will not allow the work, that resists the work, that fights back against the work, it becomes marred in the hands. Amen. And if it will not become a vessel of honor, it will be a vessel of dishonor. There's only two types of vessels, vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. There's no middle ground. I'm either God's or I'm not. Come on, somebody. I'm either sold out to him or I'm not with him. Come on, I'm either listening to him or I'm not. There's no riding the fence in this thing. There's no, there's no skipping over the line back and forth. Amen. God's long-suffering and he's merciful, but there needs to come a time in your life where you make up your mind that I'm going to live for God. I'm going to do it God's way because the alternative, I don't want that in my world. And when that vessel would not become, it was marred. Amen. Marred being marred speaks of brokenness. Come on. It speaks of things being broken, things being not coming out the way that they were determined to come out. They, they, it fell apart. Come on. It was marred. It was destroyed. It, it, it didn't come to, to being. It didn't come to fruition. Amen. It didn't become what it was supposed to do. And when things don't turn out the way that they're supposed to do, it causes brokenness. Come on. It causes, it causes brokenness in our lives. Amen. I've, I've, I've heard people say, well, I've tried to live for God. But, but this happened. Say, well, do you think God's in control? Do you think God knows about that? Have you asked him what he thought about that? Come on, because we draw conclusions about things that fall apart as if it's God against us, amen. But understand today, it's us against God, amen. When our plans don't coincide with what God wants us to do, there is a conflict with where we're going and where God wants us to go and who we're becoming and who God wants us to be. And I'm gonna tell you, God's gonna win. Amen, God will win that battle, amen. That things that we want to happen will not happen the way we want it to happen if it's gonna take us 
us away from the call of God in our lives. If it's going to take us away from heaven and us being saved, God will not allow it in our world. Somebody say amen. How many know Peter was a, a fisherman? Peter was a fisherman. He was a, a uh, say a good fisherman. All the other fishermen looked up to Peter. It seemed like the other fishermen went where Peter went. Amen. Peter was a fisherman all of his life. And, and uh, when he first met the Lord, he was fishing. You know, he said, take me out a little bit from the shore. Let me talk out of your boat. And then after he talked from his boat a little while, he took him out into the, into the uh, deep and said, all right, cast out your net into the deep. He said, Lord, we already fished all night. We've done it all night. I... Because you're telling me to, I'll do it. So he cast down his net. They hadn't caught anything all night, but all of a sudden the net filled up with fish and he brought in more than he could handle in his boat. Amen. And it was it was God showing him through what he did naturally that he could bless him. Come on, that he had a plan for his life. Come on, somebody. Amen. But that thing that he blessed was not his call. Come on, sometimes we get caught up in the things that God blessed in our past thinking we need to stay there, amen. But sometimes God calls us out of where we're at, but we keep wanting to stay where we're at because we like that blessing. Come on, we want to stay where we're at because we like what we get from it, amen. But when the plan of God changes, how many know we got to change with it? He came out of that and he said, you're the Messiah. I'll go wherever you want me to go what he said I'll go where you want me to go I'll, I'll do what you want me to do amen he left his nets and followed Jesus amen well after the crucifixion he didn't know what to do his plans was seemingly destroyed he's standing there one day with his buddies and he says well boys I go fishing says they go out in the toil all night long don't catch anything so somebody say to Peter well you haven't gotten any better at this because when God's not in it all of a sudden the sun began to come up look over there on the land and there's somebody standing over there. He says, hey, you have any meat? Jesus knew they didn't catch anything. He's not asking them a question because he wants to answer. He's asking them the question so they can think about what they're doing. No, I haven't caught anything. Cast it on the right side of the boat. But man, I know how to do this. He's telling me how to catch fish out of my own boat. He begins to look and he goes, Is that the Lord? So he casts his net out, fills the 
so that it was almost sinking the boat. Peter realizes this is the Lord. What's he do? He don't stay in the boat. He didn't stay where he seemingly got that blessing. Because true blessings of God will not cause you to stay where you're at. They'll draw you to the Lord. He jumps in. He didn't even wait. He's like, I'm not messing with this madness. Let these other guys mess with this. I want to have a conversation with this guy. So he jumps in and he swims to shore. But before he did that, he put on his fisher's cap. The Bible says, so he comes up out of the water. Jesus is standing there. And he's got his fisher's coat on. Now in, in the Bible, the coat represented a lot. It represented what brought definition to your life. And man, Joseph, how many know his coat was stripped from him? Twice. And man, what happened after that? He went to prison both times. Come on, it stripped the definition of who he was. Peter puts back on the coat, the fisher's coat. And as he comes up out of the water, Jesus asks him a question. He says, Simon, thou son of Jonah. Now, Jesus gave him a surname. Peter, right? Thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The word Peter means a little stone, stone out of the big rock, right? He's, he's a part of it. Jesus renamed him. But when he's speaking to him, he doesn't call him Peter. He calls him Simon. Because Peter had put hung up Peter on the, on the coat rack. He denied the Lord. Come on, his life was marred in the hands of the potter. He denied the Lord. He hung up Peter on the coat rack, shut it in the closet, and said, I'm done with Peter. I'm back to Simon again. Going back to where he came from. And so when Jesus addresses him, he says, Simon, thou son of Jonah, Simon. We're back to this again. Simon, we're back to this again, right? The fisher coat, really? Right? Your life is more than just fishing. Back to this again, the coat. Simon, thou son of Jonah, do you love me? He says, yeah, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. Simon, do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Simon, do you love me? Now Peter's like, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Feed my sheep. Because when you were young, you went where you wanted to go, and you did what you wanted to do. But when you're old, you're going to go where you don't want to go. And you're going to do what you don't want to do. He was.
was asking Peter, do you love me more than fishing? Do you love me more than your old, old life? Do you, do, you, do you have more love for me than you do those things that I'm asking you to leave behind? Because if you have more affection and love for those things, then, then you're not worthy of the call of God. Come on. If you have more affection than those things and you can't walk away from them, you can't leave them behind, you can't step away, come on, then, then, then you're not going to ever be able to fulfill the call of God. For in order to fulfill the call of God in your life, you got to be willing to go where you don't want to go and do what you don't want to do. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Amen. Peter tried to go back to what was familiar to him, what he was comfortable in, who he was within himself. But understand, that the call of God was greater than who he was within himself. It was bigger than who he could become as a fisherman and all the lives he could touch with his fish. It was about what Jesus could do through his life. Amen, I want to tell you this morning, it's in all of us to want to hold on to our dreams and hold on to our ambitions and where we want to go and what we want to be. But the people that let go, the people that give it to God, the people that place their clay in the hands of the potter, they're the ones that God will use. They're the ones that God will pour his blessing into. They're the ones that God will anoint in this last day. Stand with me all around the building. I want to say something to this church this morning that we need to hear. Sometimes we need to be marred so that we can become. Sometimes we need to be marred so that the things that are in there that need to come out can be taken out so there can be a fresh start. But being marred is not bad. Being marred is good. Because even though the clay was marred, it was still in the hand of the potter. And it happened because of the hand of the potter. Just because things seem busted doesn't mean that God's not in control. God's still in control. Being marred will cause brokenness in your life. Brokenness is key to becoming who God wants us to be. We will never become the vessels that God wants us to be without brokenness. The word declares in Psalm 34, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, oh God, thou wilt not despise. It's the brokenness of 
the things that we can see of our lives, of our hearts, that cause us to reach for Him. Come on, somebody. Every one of us need to be broken. If you're not broken, you need to become broken. Come on, we either fall on the rock and are broken in pieces or that rock falls on us and grinds us to powder. I don't know about anybody else in the building, but I want to fall on that rock. How many know that rock is Christ? I want to be broken before Him. We, we are ashamed of our brokenness. We try to hide our brokenness. We try to pretend everything's okay. How you doing? I'm all right. Doing very well, trying to speak positive, trying to be positive. When all the while, there's turmoil on the inside. Come on, there's so many questions in your mind and in your heart. You have no direction. You have no guide. You have no purpose. Your days consist of, of struggle and your nights consist of depression and darkness. I come to tell you, you need to be broken before the Lord. Because even though you're marred, your life is still in his hands. And there's not a depth of darkness that he can't bring you out of. There's not a wound that he can't heal. There's not a wrong that he can't make right. Come on. There's not a, there's not a bruise that he won't bind up and bring healing to. Come on. There's not a captive that's so captivated and so held in stronghold that he can't set free. But in order to do it, you've got to be broken before him. When we come broken before God, let me tell you what it looks like. Humble. With the realization, God, I don't have the answers. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I've never been here before. But, but, but I know that you're the potter. And I'm the clay. And I know that you have power over my clay. I can't make it right. But you can. Come on. I can't do anything about it, Lord. But you can. Amen. I can't fix it. I can't go back and repair the damage. I can't make those choices again. But you can take what's left over. Come on, you can take what I have and all I have is this lump of clay. I place it in your hands this morning. It's yours. I lay down my will. I lay down my desires, my dreams, my wants, my appetites, my lusts, Lord. I lay it down before you, God, broken. I say that you would pick it up and work your work again. Oh, man, I feel restoration in this house. Work your work again, Lord. 
God, I pray, Lord, that you wouldn't give up on me. God, work your work again. Place your hand upon my life. Place your hand upon my family. Place your hand, God, upon my circumstance. Place your hand, Lord, on those things that are broken in my world because I'm broken before you. God won't turn you away. He'll do what you asked. Does anybody want to turn their life over to the Lord this morning? Come on, I don't care what, how long you've been in the church. I don't care if you've been in the church your whole life and you're, and you're of an old age. We all need the Lord working in our life, working with our issues, working in our circumstances and our situations and our families and the ones that he's going to look to, the ones he's going to look into are those that are of a broken heart. Why don't you let the Lord break you this morning? Come on, let the Lord break you this morning. Come on, church, why don't we find our way down to the front of this church and kneel at this altar or stand and lift your hands and say, God, I'm going to bring my issues before you. I'm broken before you, God. I need your plan. I need your direction, Lord. I need your hand, God, working and molding and, and making God making what you have purposed for it to be. I pray that your plan, I pray that your plan, Lord, will begin to bring definition to my life. Bring purpose, Lord. Come on, you're not your own, but you're bought with a price. Come on, church. Come on, church. Run down here. Come on. Every person in this building should be in this altar today. Be what you have called me to be. I want to be that, God. Lord, I pray that you would heal every brokenness in my spirit. Lord, every brokenness in my family. The brokenness of my finances. The brokenness, God, of my body. The brokenness of my mind, Lord. I lay it, God. The brokenness of my emotions. I lay it upon the altar this morning. Come on, be broken before him. I'm yours, Lord. Yes, God. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.